Hello and welcome to episode 35 of the Crochet Circle podcast. This one is called Sockdale because a lot of what I'm going to talk about is about the socks, sock cal, sock making, um, all the support that we've got for that and also yarn deal which happened last weekend and was wonderful so I'm going to rather than having a yarn deal section I'm just going to like give you little snippets of it right the way through the podcast. I thought that was a moth. It wasn't moth, it was a bit of fluff. My moth paranoia continues. Um, hello, how are you all doing? I hope you're well. Um, it's been a really short month this time because um, it was so late into the month recording for the episode 34. And so it feels like a podcast yesterday and did all the editing. But no, nope, we're, we're back again, raring to go. Um, in this episode, I've got Old Dog New Tricks. The Sock Cal, a bit of an update on that. Final Destinations, En Roots, Feeding the Habit. Quite a lengthy Feeding the Habit, I suspect. Quick News Beats, um, Big Up and J'adore. So let's start with Old Dog New Tricks. I was having a good forage through our Ravelry group pages the other day. And I now can't find it, obviously. Um, And somebody had put in a really useful link as to what type of crocheter you are. Um, there's a really helpful lady called Deja Jetmere and she does YouTube videos and one of the ones she's done is whether you're a yanker, a rider or a lifter. Um, and the reason that I wanted to bring this up today because um, Stasia, who's over in Russia, has been doing like banging out garment after garment after garment. And I noticed that one of the comments that she had on Instagram was that she was able to get gauge and tension on her stitches but not on her rows and she was having to add extra rows in. So then when I watched this video I thought well that makes a lot of sense um, to me as to why it is that she's having that problem. So I thought I would bring it up because it's also great information if you're going into the sock crochet along because you might be getting stitch and tension gauge but you're not getting your row gauge right. So I th thought this was probably quite a good one for this month's podcast. Um, I'm not going to show you loads of samples because um, the Lady Deja has put it up on her. Um, it's about, a, I think it's about an eight minute video and her samples are spot on. So there's no point in me reinventing the wheel on this one. But basically she goes into whether you're a yanker, a rider or a lifter. If you're a yanker, when you've got that first yarn round hook and you're pulling up that loop, then basically what it means is that you are yanking down on your working yarn and you are compressing your stitches. So that means that you are going to have a shorter fabric for the number of rows stated potentially for the, the number of rows given by that designer. Now, obviously, if the designer is also a yanker, then you're most likely going to get like for like. But if the designer is a yanker and you are a lifter, which is the opposite end of the scale, which is when rather than yanking down, you extend the loop by pulling your crochet hoop up when you're doing that yarn round hook and the pull through, then you're automatically creating higher stitches for yourself. So if you, the designer that you're working from is a yanker and you are a lifter, 
you're going to have higher rows than them and your overall piece is most likely going to be longer than they have stated, even if you're getting stitch gauge. So ultimately what you want to do is try and be a rider, which means that you're keeping your hook pretty much parallel with the stitches. When you put it in and you've got what she refers to as the um, the golden loop, so that yarn round hook, and when you pull through that loop, your hook is almost sat at a diagonal. So you're not extending it, you're not compressing it, you're just keeping it where it wants to be. And then as you continue with your stitches, your hook is running um, parallel to your work. I've been trying over the last couple of years since I started designing to really slacken off my attention a bit. I used to be a yanker and now I'm a rider, but it took a concerted effort for me to be able to make that change and I still have to think about it today. But if you, like, let's take Stasia as a good example. If she is continuing to be off gauge, then if she's having to add more rows, then she's also having to add more yarn into that project. And that can affect the amount of yarn that she thought she would need for a project or anybody else. Same goes for socks. If you're trying to get a hundred, a pair of socks out of 100 grams and you are a yanker and you're going to have to add more rows in, then the chances are you're you're going to be using more yarn and therefore you may not make it out of that one skein of yarn. I hope this is all making sense, but basically, if you're a yanker, you're pulling down and you're compressing your stitches and you are going to have a shorter piece of work potentially than the designer has intended and the designer is most likely sat at the rider. With the rider, you're working your stitches in parallel so you're not yanking down on them, you're not extending the loop too much. And with a lifter, you're extending that loop and you're making your rows longer and your stitches longer. So you're going to end up with more fabric potentially than the designer first thought. Well, or than the designer actually intended. Um, it's just something to be aware of because I personally can often get... Um, stitch gauge and I really struggle to get row gauge so the next garment that I work on I'm really going to try hard to think about not yanking down on that golden loop. So I'll link to Deja's video in the show notes. Go and have a look at it because it might just help you if this is a problem that you've been facing with your crochet if you can't get round and row gauge right. I'm going to move on to the sock cal. The response to this has just been amazing. There are so many of you that are trying socks for the first time, trying out harder patterns, trying to adapt to socks so that you get the best fit possible for your foot, trying out new yarns. It's it's just wonderful to see. Um, yeah, there are loads of patterns available in the bundle and that bundle is in the Crochet Luna Ravelry group and if you go up to, to the top right hand side of the main group page you'll see the bundle there um, and there's a picture of a pair of socks. Go and have a look and look at all of those patterns. There are also patterns that are on discount by the lovely designers that are involved in this crochet along and I will link to all of those in the show notes. Um, there are so many people are involved in this crochet along and a huge thanks to them. 
whether they're involved as a designer, people like Tamara who are in the chatter threads, helping people out, keeping it all going. We've um, we've got loads of people doing the different blog spots, and I'll come on to that in a minute. There's all sorts of people that have been sending through prizes for the crochet along. I'm just I'm gobsmacked by. It. I'm I'm really pleased. And what I think would be really nice, a bit like last year, um, Tamara and Helen held the the sweater along. I think it would be really nice one crochet along every year to do it on this big scale and get loads of other people involved and have the blog hop. Um, but keenly get loads of other people involved because I can't do it all myself and I really haven't been for this crochet along. But it's that nice sense of um, bringing the crochet clan together and everybody doing a little bit towards it. So if you've got any ideas of what you would like to see as a big crochet along next year where we can do the same with the blogs and the hints and the tips let me know so we've done the sweaters and we've got all of the kind of the collateral for that still available all the blog posts all of that is still there we'll have the same for the socks so what would be the next big thing that you'd want us to tackle could be mittens could be blankets could be anything let me know I'd be interested to hear because amazingly it's the beginning of October <laughs> um how but it is, and I need to start looking towards my forward planning for next year's um, podcast and what, what you guys want out of it. So have a think about that one and let me know. So let's um, whip back to the blog posts. Already out and available, and f you know, for one time only, I'm actually going to put all of these blog posts linked in the show notes and also in the drop down box for YouTube because I want you to go out and get the information as easily as possible. So, already out and available now as I'm recording is Sock Making Tips from Tamara. I did a blog on Yarn Choice. Caroline from the um, Mind and Muse Crafts podcast has popped up a blog on crocheted socks versus knit socks. And is that the question? Um, Diane from Adidas Designs has done one on sock anatomy. So you've already got four great blog posts to go at. This podcast is due out on Friday and on the Saturday, Joe, who is Jojo Twinkletoes and has her own blog spot as well, she's looking at toe up versus cuff down um, patterns and which one might suit you best. And then the Saturday after that, which is the 13th, we have got Colour and Colour Patterns by Marta, who is Mrs Duft Spaniel. And then on the 20th, we've got Customising Socks. That's coming out from Catherine at Crofter and Treats. And then on the 27th, we have got Crochet Socks Are Not Scary by Karen Woolley, who is a crochet sock designer. So she knows that crochet um, socks, sorry, crochet sock heels are not scary and she's going to be taking us through that subject. Karen is also one of the designers that's provided um, a pattern discount so go and check out hers. I'll be tackling one of her socks later on in the in the cal. But yeah, all sorts of people have been involved imparting their knowledge, 
really detailed blogs are coming out from these people. So, for instance, um, Caroline's on Crocheted versus Knit Socks, she's punctuated hers with loads of different photos of all of the crocheted socks that she's put together. She also has a free crochet pattern in Ravelry. These people have gone all out to give you as many tools as possible to be able to crochet socks. So please do go and look at the blog posts and get a load of information for that ready for um, creating your own socks and making the best socks that they can be. I just, I love these people for going and running with the Crochet Clan and really helping everybody out and having that sense of community about it. That's what I love with this podcast, the positivity and the community. And it, I just thank you everyone for taking part in it. It's brilliant. Um, so that's the blog post. What else have we got? Chatter Thread is in Claudia's um, Ravelry group. There's a whole um, specific thread for that. And then the Finished Objects thread is in Catherine Crofter Noon Treats Ravelry group. And she's already opened the Finished Object thread. There are already finished socks in there. These people are keen. Keen as mustard. I'm recording on Wednesday. The cow started on Saturday. We already have finished socks in the thread on there. Loads of chatter on Instagram as well. Now, because I am a flaming idiot, somewhere in my noodle brain between finishing the podcast and recording it last time round and then taking to Instagram, I completely changed the hashtag. So there are two running. <laughs> so you can either use hashtag SockAlong2018 or hashtag SockCal2018. I'm picking up on both and reacting to both. And depending on which one you're using, if you have got a finished object that you want to place into Instagram, just add FO onto either of those two hashtags and I'll pick them up as well. What can I tell you? It's been a busy month. My brain has been a little bit adult. <laughs> and apologies, you might hear me scratching my nose and keep on fiddling. I think I have a cold coming. I can hear it in my voice. <clears throat> it's not allowed, but I've got itchy eyes and an itchy nose and <laughs> just no, it's just not acceptable. Um, so like I say, I will pop in the drop down box and in the show notes, all of the blog post links and a link to all of the designers and their discount codes go forth and prosper. If it's your first pair of socks, there are free sock patterns in there if you want to do that before you work out whether you like socks or not. Um, and then the ones that we've put into the bundle, and by we I mean myself, Claudia and Tamara, they're all kind of tried and tested socks and designers that either people have told us about or we like that designer and we know that their designs work and are suitable for people that are new to creating socks so go to that bundle there are kind of tried and tested people i have a bag of goodies in front of me that people have been giving for prizes for the crochet along and i just want to give you an indication of what's to come but if you are a maker and you wanted to donate a prize whether you're a designer and you want to donate a pattern or you're a dyer please do drop me a line and um, let me know so that I can um, promote crochet, crochet clan people and also 
um, we can have some lovely prizes for this crochet along. So we've got so many people um, joining in with it. It would be lovely to do that. The first one that came in was um, Tamara. I don't know how she did it. She went to a wool shop and she came out of the wool shop with um, a prize for the crochet along. So Tamara has moved back over towards Bristol Way and she went to a shop called The Wool Stop. And lovely Jennifer in The Wool Stop has donated for the crochet along a skein of yarn. And the skein is called the Ducklington Unicorn. And it is by Crafty Cat Yarns, who's Deb. Tamara didn't know that I knew Deb. Um, she's brilliant fun and she has... Um, she's created this amazing kind of, it is a unicorn, but it's quite a muted, earthy toned unicorn. It's actually, surprisingly, a, a unicorn yarn that I could maybe actually get behind. <laughs> I don't do bright multicoloured stuff. It's just not me. Um, but actually, I really quite like this. So, um, yeah, that came via the wool stop. And it is Deb's um, the Crafty Cat Yarns um, yarn. It's beautiful. I'm going to take photos and pop them all in the show notes so you can see the prizes that have come in so far. So that was number one. We have another skein of yarn which came from my friend Beck, and she's got Black Horse Yarns. And um, it's in Suffragette colours, which I love. So it is cream green and purple and she's called it suffrage and that's um uh 75 british wool 25 nylon four ply fingering weight yarn and when i was at yarn deal i found a badge to match it which is a suffragette's badge and it is using whilst it's not an original pin badge it's using the original colors and it's the votes for women badge and i thought it's just perfect accompaniment for Beck's yarn so they're going to go together as a prize um Catherine Crofton and Treats I said is donating another um skein of yarn and she's also passed me along some lovely stitch markers which work as um hook size reminders as well so really helpful um so they'll be going forward as a prize and we have got two sets of stitch markers that have come in from uh, Crochet Clan member Lisa. She donated some for the last um, cal as well. So we've got two sets for this one. And then I had um, an email from a lovely lady called Vesna. And she makes shawl pins, all sorts of bits and pieces. And um, she has made a shawl pin out of copper wire with beads. And so that's one of the prizes as well. well. I'll link to everybody in the show notes so you can go and check out their stuff. You know, please do. Um, so this is one of the prizes too. So we have a lovely copper wired shawl pin. So like I say, if you've got anything that you want to put forward... As a prize, please do get in touch with me. That would be great. And um, thank you to everybody that has so far. It, I mean, people don't get involved with the crochet alongs to win a prize, 
but it's nice and what's lovely is it's a great way of me showing off what's happening within our crochet clan community and who's doing what and maybe getting you um in touch with other makers designers dyers that you maybe didn't know about so it's great for promoting what's going on within our crochet community so in final destinations i have three things that i've been working on two of them are absolute whoppers um and one is just a little ditty fellow i finally um i think after i'd recorded the podcast last time that weekend i managed to work with the blacker yarns that I'd been um, talking about and that Joe had helped me review. So, uh, and then I've just finished it off today. And what I made with it, because I wanted to really test the um, the wool out on something that was going to be quite hard wearing. So what I've made with it is a little pouch using the crocheted star stitch, which I really like. Um, for the show notes, I'll pop in a photo with a nice close-up of it because it's got a really lovely stitch definition to it um, and it's a bit unusual. Um, so what I did was used three of the, um, the most of the aubergine colour that I had, some of the dusky pink and a little bit of grey on the top so that the stripes are varying in size. And then I just need to finish it off by sewing it down, but I thought I would just show it on the podcast before I sewed it down so I just did that in the round and then all I've done is sewn up a little pouch in some woven fabric that I had there's a specific yarn show that I go to up in Cumbria it's called Woolfest and there's an amazing weaver that goes up there and every year she sells off um, the ends of her weaving and so I have got, it feels like lamb's wool, it's just the softest wool um, woven, it's absolutely beautiful, just in a, a grey. And I've just sewn that up with a little zip and that goes into my crocheted pouch with the blacker yarns tour, um, with tour the blacker birthday yarn. And this is going to be... I wanted it to be something useful, you might remember me saying last time round, I didn't want to just do like coasters or doilies and stuff. I wanted to actually put it to the test. And so by popping a zip on it, what I've done is created a little pouch, which is now my design pouch. So when I am working on this design, I have a few key things I need. I have a set of mini scales. Thanks to Flick, I now have a stopwatch, um, measuring tape, it will hold, uh, I just need to find it, and this is why I need a design pouch, a little notebook, a calculator, and also a pencil. So this then all gets popped back into there, and I've got it all in one location. And when I move from room to room or to the office or we go away for the weekend or something, I know that all I need to do is pick up this little pouch, and I've got all of the essential bits and pieces I use when I'm working out a design. And also, hopefully... It will save my phone from being battered and dropped and broken. But, um, yeah, I really, really enjoyed working with uh, Tor. It's everything that Joe said it was. It's very easy to rip back and rework. You wouldn't know that you've ripped it back a few times. Um, it's got a real bounciness to it. Although it's on quite a low twist, actually, there were no issues with my hook splitting through the plies. 
it's soft and lovely and the colours are really very heathered. I know there's been a lot of love for this yarn and deservedly so. really like it. And I love the fact that you can still see these kind of stray fibres and hairs coming off it. Um, so yeah, it was very nice. And having just come back from Yarndale, I know that quite a few people were buying it and talking about tour as well. So I think it's been a good, good successful item for them. And I got to go and say hello to Katie and give her a little hug and... Um, she was thankful that um, Joe and I had reviewed the yarn and really pleased that people from within the crochet clan had done the um, the samples for her. So, yeah, it was, it was really nice. It's nice to catch up with her as well. So that's finished object number one. That was the smallest of all of my um, final destination items. And then I've got two that are whoppers and I can't show them off on the podcast because I don't have them. But what I can do is pop photos into the show notes uh, and up here. And it's another um, design. It's called Arete. I think I showed you some of the knitted bit of it last time round. So I've now finished off the knitted version and I did the crocheted version. <sighs> There's a grey squirrel in my garden. Although he looks kind of brown as well. He's such a cheeky little sod. He doesn't like... He just... When I tell him off and tell him to go away, he just sits on the lawn and looks at me as if to say, uh, what's your problem? I'm just going to rap on the window because squirrels attack cats. He's doing nothing. He comes and he steals all the bird food. Um, he's such a cheeky little blighter. And he steals all my nuts. I've got nut trees in the garden. And every year I think this year, this will be the year that I get to the hazelnuts before the squirrel. And I go out to look at them and all I see are little husks of my hazelnuts and he's been and had them all and um, cached them in and around my garden. Double insult. One, he steals my hazelnuts. Two, he hides them in my garden and then comes and gets them later throughout the year. It would all be fine if he was a red squirrel. He's not a red squirrel. He's an invader. He's a grey squirrel and they're not allowed. Right, I'll stop talking about squirrels. So, a red. Well, shall I go back to a red? Um, yes, so the knitted one, all fine and done. And then I came to do the crocheted one and... Um, what I hadn't really appreciated is that people don't stick crochet or if they do, they don't document it, they don't talk about it. There's literally one reference to sticking crochet that I could find on the internet. There's a lot of reference to um, people using crocheted slip stitches to reinforce the stitches on a knitted item that they're going to stick, but I could only find one reference to anything that had been crocheted in the rounds that somebody wanted to stick and that was Vicky Brown that had done it. She did it in a very different way to the approach that I took. So needless to say when I was cutting up the knitted version I wasn't at all bothered because it is tried and tested and you know it just works but when it came to doing the crocheted version my stomach was doing flips. I just I thought I've, it'd take me 41 hours 
to crochet up this arete um, cowl and then I was going to cut it up and all of my work could have just been ruined. Thankfully it was not. Like, you know, I had faith in myself at, at some level. Um, but yeah, my heart was in my mouth. It just <laughs> didn't, didn't really enjoy that much. So I'm going to try and add the a bit of video in here so you can see it. So to cut your work, what you need to do is have a really sharp pair of small embroidery scissors. And this is not a job that you need to speed through. What I would suggest is either popping a blocking mat or something in between your project or holding your project up. And what I'm looking to do is cut all the way down the very centre of my work. Now I'm starting at what was my final um, rib round because that piece is already open. And you literally cut. It feels like a very bizarre thing to do to your work. But you just do a few stitches at a time. This is one of the reasons that I used a slip stitch to join the rounds together because that then gave me an extra piece of guidance and it made it a very simple stitch that was a bit thinner to cut through as well. It makes the stick that you want to cut very obvious. And you just very slowly cut up your work. It's not comfortable, <laughs> I have to say. My stomach is churning a little bit. I've just done this with the knitted version of Verette as well and it wasn't half as bad because I'd done a knitted stick before on the sample. But this is honestly the first ever time that I have steeped something with crochet and I can just, you just keep on going. And it's not coming undone, it's staying still, which is exactly what I want it to do. So let me try and do this little more up close and slowly. I'm just going right the way down that center line Um, so although you will find literally no reference to steaking crochet, actually it's perfectly achievable. And one of the things that I want to do on the back of this, because I had quite a few friends and designer friends say, I'm really interested in the technique, pleased to see that this is um, possible. So my plan is to do a blog post and something on um, YouTube and Instagram TV that shows how I did it so that people can learn from the technique because I'm sure there are other ways to approach it beyond the way that I took it but it does open up this whole thing of being able to potentially um, tapestry crochet a garment in the round and then stick it, cut it up the middle and make it into a cardigan. It, it just opens up avenues that you might not have thought were there. So interesting and exciting. I like the idea of being at the vanguard of crochet techniques. If you've ever seen reference to it in any books or something that I've missed, please let me know because I'd love to do a bit more research around stick and crochet. I just, I couldn't find anything apart from Vicky Brown's post and I think that was from 2012. So yeah, I would love to, love to know if you know more than I do so that I can build upon that for the, you know, for the crochet clan, for the sake of the community and for other designers. 
So that's that's really it. And those two patterns are up on Ravelry already. If you're interested in them, as always, there is a 50% discount for Crochet Clan members. That is, um, if you just put in Crochet Clan in capitals, then that will get your 50% discount off of either of those patterns. And I'm going to run that. What day are we on today? Is the 3rd, 4th, 5th? Until the 12th. Let's do it until the 14th, I think. It's already set up. So Sunday midnight on the 14th of October is when that discount will end. So Crochet Clan in capitals, that will get you 50% off either of those patterns. And they've both got pattern, um, sorry, photo tutorials and video tutorials set up for them too. That, once again, that doesn't feel like a lot in Final Destination, but the knitted one was 40 hours of work. The crocheted one was 41 hours of work. You know, that's quite a lot of my months taken up those two designs. So, um, yeah. I'm just too good at beating myself up, I think. Um, right. Given that my cup of lady green was so good, I might need another one. Let's go to en route. I only have two things. And they're both socks. <laughs> and they're both the same socks. Well, no, they're the same pattern. So, let me show you what I've been up to. In my new crochet bag. I was given this by um, the ladies that I spent the weekend with in the accommodation. It was a thank you with some other bits that I'll show you and talk about in um, Feeding the Habit. But this is one of the things. So um, the company is called Stitcher Tees. It's actually Vicky Brown's sister that's got the company and she's doing really cool things with um, because they're more crochet than knit related. Um, so they're making great bags and t-shirts and jumpers and all sorts of stuff with crochet-related terminology and yarn-related terminology on it. So I have got a bag and I have covered it with all of my pins <laughs> from the weekend. Um, but what's inside is interesting. So some of you will get a shock when you hear and see... Um, about this colour because it's just bright pink <laughs> I, d I don't generally do bright pink and I'm not, this is like hot pink it's not really where I would normally go but I'm really enjoying it every now and then I like to just pull something different out of the bag so I ordered this from Catherine at Crofternoon Treats it is from her Etsy shop and it's called Crafternoon Cory Sock. And one of the reasons I was interested in trying this yarn out is because it's 80% Corydale wool, 20% nylon. Um, which is a similar mix to the merino nylon mix that you get, but I don't find merino that warm when it's on my feet. So I am intrigued to try Corridale and it's beautifully soft for my money. Um, merino sock yarn and Corridale sock yarn are equally soft. Um, this one also is a non-superwash. So whilst it's got 20% nylon in it, 
it's not super washed so I want to see how it wears, how it goes through the machine, just generally how good it's going to be. It's 400 metres per 100 grams which is 437 yards and you can get it from Catherine's Etsy shop which is Crofton and Treats. Um, I'm really enjoying working with it, it's got quite a high twist on it, I will put some close-up photos of the twist into the show notes so you can see it and it's working up beautifully it doesn't split although if I don't keep the twist on it sometimes the ply comes a little loose and um, but it's not presenting me with any issues and I am working on the Fallen Leaves Socks by Vicky Brown and I love the stitch definition that I'm getting with the sock pattern now, the colourway that I've got is called Darkly Raspberry, so it is that real, you know when you get the inside of a raspberry rather than out, it's that proper pink, pink, pink. And then because it's got little shades of um, a darker um, pink in there, that's coming out as a very subtle stripe. Now, I'll pop photos into the show notes because what is showing up on the camera is much more obvious than it actually is in real life. It almost looks black on the camera and it's not black, it's just a dark, dark raspberry. Really enjoying these socks. They're taking quite a long time because of the stitch pattern that's there. But what that means is that I'm getting a really nice pair of socks that are actually, they've got a good amount of stretch to them in both ways, so vertically and horizontally. And I think these are going to be great socks. I know that Fallen Leaves, for people that have done them before, these are one of their favourite pairs of crocheted socks, which is why I wanted to try them out. Um, so, yeah, I'll have these done, I would have thought, in the next week or so. These ones will be off the hook. But I'm actually going to do this pattern again. And let me show you why. So that was the hot pink. is 80% Corridale, 20% nylon, non super wash. Now the other yarn that I've got that I'm going to try is it's called Forest Skies and it's also by Catherine and it's also her Crafternoon Cory Socks um yarn but it's 80% Corridale, 20% nylon and it is super washed. So I am actually going to do fallen leaves in the forest skies which is a light blue colourway with little hints of um, kind of forest green going into quite a almost acidic yellow so it's like a bluey grey colour with little hints in there not heavily variegated at all because um, that's not my cup of tea for crocheted socks but I am going to do a face off between superwash and non superwash and because it's on the exact same base, that will give me a really good comparison between the two. And what I'm going to do is I'm actually crocheting these socks concurrently. And once I've finished one of the hot pink ones, the darkly raspberry, and one of the forest sky ones, so non-superwash and superwash, I'm going to start wearing them and then I'll work on the other ones as well. When I've got um, both pairs done, then what I'm always going to do is have one on one foot, one on the other. So super, um, super wash on one foot, non-super wash on the other. 
so I can make sure they're getting exactly the same treatment. And on day one, I'll wear one of the pair socks within the pairs. And on day two, I'll wear the other. And then every single week, those two pairs of socks will go through my wool wash. So I will know that every single sock that I've got within these two pairs will have gone through the exact same treatment, the same shoe um, wear, the same washing machine usage, the same number of washes, everything will have been identical. And then I will be able to see whether there is any discernible difference between um, superwash and non-superwash and I'll be able to report back to you. Um, I know quite a few of you are interested in um, nylon content and whether superwash makes a massive difference or not. So I thought that's a very easy way of me um, working that out. So thank you to Catherine because actually I only ordered the hot pink one and she sent me through the forest guys and I went back to her and said what do you want me to do with it? Do you want me to do it out as a podcast prize or do you want me to do some research on it? And she said whatever you want I am going to offer up a pri another prize of a skein of yarn within the finished objects. So um, I figured I will use it and I will put it to really good use and I will test this out and report back into the podcast. Um, that's not something I normally do. If I get stuff through, then I push it through. But I figured there's a there's a greater play here where actually I can give you back some valuable information under good tested conditions. So, I see lots of uh, fallen leaf socks in my future. <laughs> um, yeah, so I'll just keep on going with them. Come next podcast, because the cow will have finished. I will definitely have these done and I'll hopefully also be able to start some feedback on how they're wearing and whether there's any difference in feel when I'm wearing the superwash versus the non-superwash. Um, so yeah, watch watch this space. I'll take close-ups so you can see what the yarn looks like and what the stitch definition is like. I'm really enjoying working with the Corridale and I think it feels warmer even in my hand than the merino does. I suffer from cold feet as many of you do and I now am very aware of getting the right pair of socks on my feet to do the right job because otherwise they just they don't warm me up so I'm very conscious of having the right blend of wool um, for any of the socks I make or at least wearing colder what to me is colder yarn in the warmer parts of the year, so round about now, but in the depths of winter, I want stuff that's going to really keep me warm. So let's pop them away. That one is going back into a lovely new project bag that I was given, and it's just covered in chocolates. The fabric is just like row upon row of chocolates, and that was a present from Claudia when she came over for Yarndale. I had a ball with Claudia, it was so much fun. One of the things that she's done with her new bags, clever, they are, um, they've got boxed bottoms so they will stand. She has actually put a pocket in it so that there is a pocket and your crochet hook stands up in it. So if you've got any standard crochet hook size, it's got its own little pocket, it stands up and it doesn't protrude further than the zip. So you always know where your crochet hook is and you're not scrabbling about in and around your bag trying to find it and it's not getting mixed up and tugging on your project. 
Clever, Claudia, clever. Um, and it's got a really nice handle on it as well. So, one pair's in there and one is in my um, my crochet bag. I will report back and let you know more about what's happening with those with those yarns and how they are reacting. But that's it for en route. That's all I've got. I have got other things on the go, but they are knitted and design-led, so I didn't think I'd bring them here. I'll show you them when they're um, finished next month. Um, but yeah, that's that's it for kind of crochet content for stuff that I've got that are whips, I think. Yeah. I have to keep on thinking back whether there's anything lurking in the corner, but I think that's it. Right, now for the main event, feeding the habit. I went to Yarndale. Um, Yarndale is one of our biggest festivals, wool festivals in the UK. It happens at the end of September. It's in a cattle market and it has thousands of visitors. I guess the thing that it's probably most akin to in America is Rhinebeck. It's that kind of a level for us in the UK. And it's really busy. Accommodation gets snapped up quickly in the town, which is Skipton and the surrounding area. And it's a, it's just a really nice um, festival. It's not one that I vend at. I did it a couple of years back. And actually, I prefer just going to it and networking and seeing people and being there with friends. And this is the first time that I've done it where I've gone over and I've stayed in accommodation and we had a load of us, we stayed in an old mill building right by the river, it was beautiful. And I really enjoyed that. And I think one of the things that I have learned is that there are one of two ways that I like to do a yarn festival. One is either go on my own or go with a friend who doesn't mind splitting off and regrouping and splitting off and regrouping. So that I can just go and really look at stuff in depth and I'm not held up by a group and I'm not holding them up chatting and having conversations the other way that I like to do a yarn festival is to go with loads of people have fun like have pyjama parties at night if so inclined to do tequila shots with Claudia like midnight you know whatever way but to do it with a bigger group of people so you've got that group thing going on and that's what I did this year and I loved it we had a um a picnic at 12.30 on the Saturday and that's when we kicked off the crochet sock along and on the Sunday the weather was a bit inclement um, but we sat at a table outside for probably about an hour and a half and people came and joined us definitely the, the picnic on the Saturday was a bigger main event it was really good fun, lovely to meet lots of people so for those of you that I bumped into or came to the picnic or come to, came to say hello um, it, it's just so nice meeting our crochet clan it's so much fun and we had there were just so many of us there and just kept on bumping into people here there and everywhere and just I had a great time but what that also means is that I have quite a lot of um quite a lot of yarn to go through and talk about and show you now one of the things I've got in feeding habit is my next sock pattern which is the mix and match one that I was telling you by Karen Woolley. It's not a great photo there, so I'll probably pop something up into the show notes. 
but that's um that's one that I've just bought ready for the sock long, so that was an incoming. And when I went to Vicky Brown's stand, I also picked up she was doing um leaflets free for her modeling socks and also her Skipton hat. Now these are both on Ravelry, so if you're interested in these designs, um I would say go and have a look at them, download them in Ravelry. But I wanted to go and grab them from Vicky's so that I could show them off in the podcast, like proper printed off, really nice quality. So thank you, Vicky, for them. Um, and then I did shop. I went into your own deal with a very definite plan of all of the things I knew I wanted. Um, so I might just take you through those first. Um, I My first port of call on the um Saturday was Rivernet Stand and um, to go and see Becky and Marcus because my next load of designs is all in Rivernet's um yarn. So the first one that I got is called Shroom and it is just gorgeous. It's it's every colour of autumn with sunsets in there so you've got Mid-greens, sunset coral, mustard, mustard and a bit more mustard. Browns in there. It just, it really has got it all going on. And I, I've already, I, my design needs two of these and a mini skein over a contrast colour. And I caked one of the shroom skeins up the other day. And I'm just gobsmacked by the number of colours that she's got going on in this skein. It's incredible. I've had my eye on this for a long time. It's not unlike the Indian giant squirrel that you might have seen and heard me reference before. That's still sat in my stash waiting for a really beautiful project. I don't know what to use in yet. Um, but Shroom is going to be used for a knitted version of um, a shawl that I'm working on at the moment. It's due to be released next month and it's called Aria. So that's, you know... That's already on my needles in the house. Um, so bought, already being used. Um, and then I got, because I've got this thing where I like to, when I design, if it translates from a crochet design into a knitted design, then I'll do that. And when I did that with my last one, Loft, what I discovered was lots and lots of people, and I just I hadn't registered that this was a thing. And since I've started talking about it, lots of people have said yes. I will not go above this weight of yarn. I will not go below this weight of yarn. So where I do a lot of my designs in four-ply fingering weight, lots of people won't touch a design that is done in that weight of yarn because they like working with um, DK or worsted weight and higher and they don't want to come down to using a smaller hook or smaller needles. And vice versa, some people don't like the density of a heavier weight yarn so they'll only use like a four-ply maximum of sport weight, which is usually about 350 metres per 100 grams. So one of the things that I've been working on is if a design is suitable for it, then I've been doing it in a four-ply fingering weight crochet and knitted, and then a DK weight crochet and knitted. And that means that I have to buy lots of yarn for the same one design. But out of that one design, I've got four patterns that go forward, which means that because I'm offering it out to knitters and crocheters and heavier weight lovers and lighter weight lovers, hopefully my designs appeal to a greater audience. That's 
where I'm coming at it from. Um, so the shroom is the four ply knitted version of Aria. You have already heard me reference um, using Mermaid, another one of Becky's yarns, for the four ply crocheted one that's already done. That's I wore it on the Saturday at Yarndale and I had lots of people approaching me and that's um, that's lovely when you've when you've made something and people come up to you and say I really like what you're wearing and I got that with that shawl so I'm I'm really quite excited about launching it and then I don't know which yet but I have got in the DK um, a deep 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 petrol blue teal with almost hints and shades of black in it um, which is in their Blue Face Leicester um, DK double knitting yarn. And it is... Okay, so some of their yarns are German names. I would say it's Sommerlich Nachtimmel. Don't know what that means. I think, Becky, you need to put translations on these. But that deep, deep teal petrol is being paired up with quite an acidic mustard so that could be the crocheted one or the knitted version in the DK and then I was looking at going grey for the other one for the opposite one and I thought well why not just swap it out so I have got two skeins 200 grams um, of the um, the acidic mustard with a mini skein of the deep teal to go with it. And that colourway is called... <laughs> I did GCSE German, so I should be better at this. Erntedank. Yeah. Erntedank. Um, so basically, I've got... Um, it's almost like having fraternal shawls. And um, so, yeah, one of them, the main colour will be this acidic mustard colour with a pop of the dark teal. And for the other one, the main colour will be the dark teal with the mustard as a pop. So I'm rather looking forward to seeing how these will work up because colours are just, they're stunning. They are so deep and saturated. And I, I just love working with their colours because... I don't do bright, bright colours, but I do deep colours and I prefer things that are more earthy toned and I'm I'm just looking forward to seeing these worked up. So that was stop number one. Um, I spent quite a lot of money there, but um, with, you know, with good purpose, that's my next set of designs over the next four weeks, basically. So those yarns have come in, they'll pretty much be going straight back out. Now, before I got to Yarndale, I also bought some a skein of yarn from Bernie at um, Beard in Sheep's Clothing. Bernie is lovely and I really like what she's doing. So she uses British wool, British spun, and she indie dyes it. So it's got a really beautiful take on it. And this one is called Orchard and it's on a bare cream base. And then it has hints, not speckles, but little kind of blasts, colour shots of a dark green going into um, like a chlorophyll green and then quite a bright yellow. It's got peachy pinky tones in there. There's a bright orange, there's a bit of blue. These are going to become socks and I want to test these out and I think they're going to be knitted rather than crocheted socks. 
This is a yarn that she's got which is called Bear Twist. And it is 100% Corydale. You can see a shift here. Um, I just want to see how good Corydale is at keeping my feet warm this winter. So it's 400 metres, 437 yards. Um, Corydale, British wool, spun in Britain, non-superwash. So this is a sock wool that has got absolutely no plastic in it. There is not a bit of petrochemically derived material within this wool. It's not a yarn, it's a wool. It's 100% wool. And the thing that makes it a sock wool, and I'm hoping is going to make it last, is that it has an exceptionally high twist on it. And it's that high twist that is going to keep it, make it sturdy, make it really durable, I'm hoping. If you're not sure what I'm talking about, I referenced earlier that I pulled together a blog post on yarn choices for the blog hop. Go and have a look at that because twist is one of the things I talk about there and nylon versus no nylon. And I say in that, that I want to do quite a bit of work over the coming months on sock yarns with nylon, no nylon, superwash versus non-superwash. And that's kind of what I'm gearing up to with some of these yarns. Um, and also the warmth factor as well. But this... This yarn is just beautiful. I love Bernie's colour sensibilities. Right. What else did I get? My friend Sharon was meant to be coming through and staying with us in the accommodation. Unfortunately, the day before she had to pull out because um, she wasn't well. Um, so what I did was I went to one of her favourite vendors. So if you're watching Sharon, you won't have your hands on this yet. Um, but I've got a present for you. <laughs> um, it's a vendor called the Border Mill. And they have a mill up in the borders in between Scotland and England. And they also do a lot with alpaca fibre. One of the very special things that they have now on their stand is a blend of alpaca and rose fibre. And it is beautiful. And one of the reasons that I'm showing this off and talking about it in the podcast is because quite a few people have allergies to wool. Sharon is one of those people. And actually, this alpaca and rose mix is absolutely fine on her skin. She can take it up at her neck, which is often one of the most sensitive places. And just the the blend of it, it's 50% alpaca, 50% rose fibre. And I see rose fibre um, coming onto the market more and more these days. So if you're somebody who is allergic to wool, but you're okay with a bit of alpaca, but you don't want something that's 100% alpaca, then take a look at rose fibre as a blend with alpaca. It's beautifully soft, it's got gorgeous drape, and the... Rose fibre gives it the most gorgeous luster. It's got a sheen to it and it takes dye colours just beautifully. It's so lovely. So I got her this. This is the undyed is a kind of a warm cream colour, almost like a fawniness to it. And then I got a mid violet purple because this is the colour that Sharon had dyed her hair specifically for Yarndale. So I thought I'll get her one of the two. She bought a load of this when she was up at Edinburgh um, Yarn Festival. And then they said they weren't going to do it again, and then I saw it on the stand and thought, yeah, let's um let's get her some of that. So that's Sharon's. Sorry, you couldn't come to Yarndale. 
um, present but I thought I would just show it because it's something that's a little bit different in terms of yarn content and blend so if you see it on somebody's stand go and have a squidge of it it's it's just beautiful it's absolutely gorgeous I think it would really lend itself to crochet and there's more I might just need a uh, slurp of tea to get through the rest so um, one of the people that I bumped into first thing on Saturday morning was my friend Lucia. I haven't seen Lucia for a few months. We keep on trying to meet up and it just it's just not happening at the moment. Um, and there was an Italian vendor. Lucia is Italian. And there was an Italian yarn vendor at Yarndale. I think today my today's podcast could just be called Let's Butcher Everybody Else's Language podcast because... Here we go, here's my Italian. <laughs> it's Officina del Color Naturale. Officina? Officina. He knows. Claudia knows, not Claudia. Lucia knows. Officina del Color Naturale. And she, um, the lady behind this company, <laughs> dyes using natural dyes. And the colours are incredible. <laughs> Quite often with natural dyes, they can be a little bit insipid. They don't take all that well. And I have got the brightest mustard colour and a dark, dark navy colour. And I can't remember what she said she dyed them with, unfortunately. And I can't see it on the band. But what she has dyed is 100% blue-faced Leicester. Um, and it is 400 metres per 100 grams, so 437 yards. And the colours are just incredible. You would not take this to be um, naturally dyed yarn. So clearly I have got a little colour thing going on because I'm very much drawn to dark, dark blue teals and mustard at the moment. But I just loved her colours. And she'd come all the way over from Italy and I just I wanted to support her and show her some love for what she's doing because I think it's beautiful. And then I spied in the corner of her stall naturally dyed mohair. I am a bit of a sucker for mohair at the moment. I'm building up a little bit of a stash of it. Haven't used any of it for a while. But I thought how nice would it be if I blended this mohair through these two colours or in bits of a shawl and not in another and just played about around with the the texture of the mohair and against the blue face Leicester. Uh, so that happened. <laughs> I, yeah, I just love the colours, love what she's doing and love the yarn combination that I managed to get from her. And it smells amazing. I don't know, I don't know what she's washed her yarn in but it almost smells like a sweetie shop it's really lovely <laughs> um so that was unplanned but i couldn't say no i just i loved the colors and fell in love with her product and what she was doing and then while i was on her stand i saw a, a wool that she had that looked really interesting and it is, it's just the softest wool. It's like a cloud. It's like a cloud of wool. 
and it is a rare breed from north of Italy up in the um, mountainous region up by Lake Garda, so in and around Verona and in the Veronese Mountains. And from what I can see through Google Translate, because as we've just heard, my Italian isn't all that, um, the breed is called Bronia. I'm thinking it's Bronia, it's B-R-O-G-N-A, but to my mind, that's not a Brogna, that's Bronia. Um, so this is quite a rare primitive breed. It's perfectly suited to the mountains because it likes herbs, it... Um, it doesn't need a lot of care and attention. It's quite a hardy sheep. And the shepherd that is looking after this flock, there's a whole website all about it. Um, he actually farms them organically, which makes them the perfect breed for organic farming. And I just it's such a lovely warm cream colour, the natural colour of the wool, and it's it's just it's beautiful stuff. I don't know. Yeah, it's 300, so it's like a sport weight, 330 metres per 100 grams. And I don't want to use this, I don't want to dye it, I just want to use it in its natural state. I'm thinking a nice big undyed cowl or something like that, and maybe mittens, because it's got a lovely twist on it and it is warm, warm, warm. And that 100 grams was only, I think, £9 for that. Um, so it's organic, it's conservation it's um rare breed protection and again this lady had brought it all the way over from Italy so and they're the cutest sheep as well if you go in and if you look up if you type in uh, pecora so p-e-c-o-r-a which is sheep bronya b-r-o-g-n-a and then hit google images they're so sweet they've got those um floppy long ears almost like goat ears absolutely beautiful and kind of toffee coloured faces they are very very sweet sheep so this is going to head into my breed stash I'm starting to build up a little bit of a stash on other rare breeds that aren't just British because I want to look beyond just what we've got here and help other people to conserve what's kind of close to me so northern Italy, northern France um, and when I come across it, I want to be able to purchase it and uh, be able to reference it as well. I love that. Now, I mentioned that uh, my lovely friends brought me a crochet bag and um, a crochet button pin as well. But inside the bag, where, guess what, it's River Nets! <laughs> um, two skeins of the Rivernitz Jacob 4-ply. This is really special yarn because Becky and Marcus go out and source the Jacob fleeces themselves. They have it spun. Um, she's also got some um, dyed of the white fleece that she's used. And it's just, it's really beautiful, really soft um, wool. And it's the four ply, so 50 grams is 175 metres, so it's roughly about a sport weight. And it's literally body, so bare, white and bare brown. So completely natural, totally undyed, and about as British as you can get. So grown in Britain, um, sorted here, spun here, and then... Um, Skinned up and sold by Becky Marcus at Rivernet. 
and I'm thinking this is going to be some form of um, a colour work hat. That's what I'm looking at because the two colours undyed, they complement each other so beautifully. The other thing that I'm thinking, if you're on Instagram, you will have seen this design everywhere. Um, my friend Jule McConradi, who is my square hat on um, Instagram, has created the most beautiful crochet your fade shawl it's absolutely gorgeous and lots of people have been making it used as linen stitch and it's it's just beautiful and you might remember i did a big whopper um shawl of hers at the beginning of the year using a heavier weight yarn and um, with purples and greys and um i'm thinking i might do like an a natural shades version of it using different sheep breeds i think that would look amazing um so i might have you know, to complement my sheep breed blanket, I might just have a crochet my fade, but going through lots of different sheep breeds and lots of different shades. I think that would look gorgeous. So it might be that some Jacob hits into that shawl. We'll see. Because um, I've got quite a lot of um, beautiful British breeds I want to be able to work with. But I think, yeah, I think that would be lovely. Right, last Last, last, last bit of yarn is another undyed natural sheepy, sheepy goodness, <laughs> um, which I got from Kate at Northern Yarns. If you remember, I went off to Lancaster and I um, did a little vlog of the two yarn shops up there. Well, one of them is this one, Northern Yarns, and Kate had a stand at Yarndale. Um, and she's just... She's absolutely lovely. She's got a really cool evening that she's pulling together with three women from within the yarn industry and it's um they're all giving a talk um about what they do within the industry at the Lancaster Museum. I think that's on the nineteenth of October. Um I really want to go to it and I don't think I can, unfortunately. Um but this one is called Jennet. It's a four ply. And it is 100% Paul Dorset lamb's wool. And it's woolen spun in Yorkshire. And she's even put a little photo on the back of the skein of what a Paul Dorset lamb looks like. Um, and again, this is quite a nice cream colour. It's probably a little bit brighter than the other two that I've been referencing. And um, I'll just give you the blurb. It says... This single farm yarn is from the fleece of happy lambs living in Quernmore, Lancaster. Named after a 17th century woman from Quernmore who rode alone to London on horseback to rescue her grandchildren. A true strong Lancastrian, just like this yarn. And then you can read more about it um, in her blog. And she says, due to the soft handle of this beautiful yarn, I'm not recommending it for socks just yet. But she's going to be testing it. And I was thinking I might test this also, but as crocheted socks. So it might take me a while because I've got so many um, crocheted sock patterns to get through. But that's what this is destined for. This was on my list, um, my pre-yarn deal list. And that's what I had earmarked it for. So that's what it's going for. So this is pretty local to me. Lancaster is about an hour up the road. And it's been um, spun in Yorkshire. So all of... The processing of this wool has been done in the north of England within probably about a 60 mile radius of my house. 
So it will be amazing for me if this works really well for socks and it's warm and it's I'm hard wearing because this is then be going to become a, a staple for me for um for crocheted socks for the future. That was a lot of yarn. It feels like a lot of yarn, but a lot of it is earmarked for quick um, usage. And there were only a couple of bits in there that were not meant to happen. But you go to a yarn festival expecting to be taken by the unknown, you know, otherwise you may as well not well not the amazing will not go but you've got to be open to looking at different things and trying out different things at a yarn festival it's one of the beauties of going really right I also won a prize I've gone from saying I never win anything to actually winning stuff on a semi regular basis I think I'm making up for all of my uh, good like good prize luck towards the second half of my life because the first half of my life I won Jack <laughs> um, and I won um, goodies from the Summer of Romance um, crochet along that Clarissa Beth from the um, Crochet Kate's podcast and Claudia Crochet Luna were running and I won prizes from Clarissa Beth she has opened up her own Etsy shop and I'll pop links into the show notes. She's actually done a bundle as well for the sock cal um, with some of the bags that she makes and pattern from her mum and badges from Claudia. She's got various different bundles that you can buy so I'll provide the links. Go and have a look at her Etsy shop um, if you're in the market for a bag. Now what I won was a hook roll which is brilliant. It's got mushrooms all over it, so it's particularly autumnal. And what I'm going to do is pop all of my um, Tunisian crochet hooks in here. I have a Tunisian crochet set, so they are all going to go um, into this lovely hook roll by Clarissabeth. And what she also sent me was an amazing bag. So when I say go and have a look at Clarissabeth's bags, they're really lovely, I'm basing that on like the fact that I have got one right in front of me and her workmanship is really good and she picks lovely fabrics and she she spends a long time trying to pair her fabrics up and make them work brilliantly and this one is beautiful inside and out I would almost like reverse it out and use it from one to the other as I like to do with quite a few of my bags so for different projects I'll reverse it and use it for different things so that they match um, but this one has got all of the kind of palmistry indicators on it with palms up. It's beautiful. And like um, almost kind of stars and galaxies on the inside. It's lovely. And I want it. <laughs> um, so thank you for that, Clarissa Smith. Love it. This is going to house one of my um, my next designs. It's going to be popped into this lovely bag. And it's got... To my mind, the right level of interfacing. It's just, it's um, it's the right thickness. Some project bags are so thick with interfacing, you can actually barely get your stuff inside. But um, Clarissa Beth has got a really nice level that it's soft, um, but still very, um, very much got enough structure to it. So thank you for that. That was a nice little, that was a nice little surprise coming through. 
Right. Is that it? Is that all of my feeling in the habit? I think it is. I'll pop um, photos of everything that I've had incoming up into the show notes with links to everything. Because what I haven't shown here are all of the lovely stitch markers that people gave me, the badges, bits and pieces that I received while I was at Yarndale. And I want to be able to do them justice. Um, so I'll pop all of that into the show notes as well. Um, to, yeah, take a look at all of that. Uh, right, that is feeding the habit done. So, quick news beats. The next global hookup is going to be on Saturday the 13th of October. That's assuming I still have a voice by then. Um, it's going to be 8.30pm, British summer time. And then I'm going to do a Sunday morning one as well. So that's Sunday the 14th of October at 9 o'clock in the morning. I really like that structure of having both. It works well, so I'm, I'm going to keep to it. Um, so that's Saturday the um, 13th at 8.30pm or Sunday the 14th at 9am. Lovely to see you there. Um, and then what else have we got? There is a new pattern app coming. I'm really quite excited about this. If you haven't heard about it, it's called the Making Things app. I was um, told about it by Diane from Adidas Designs. It's due to launch imminently, I believe. And it's a slightly different take on a pattern website. This is not an application that is going head to head with Ravelry. It's very different. I'm really excited about it as a designer and as a user. So if you think about it like Netflix, where you pay a monthly subscription, you then have access to all of the patterns that are on that website. I'm One of my jobs this week is to upload all of my patterns onto that website. And it's all electronically based, so you don't have to um, download patterns if you don't like to. If you do, then, um, you know, Ravelry is still going to be your favourite space. But if actually you do all of your stuff on your phone or your tablet, then I rather suspect you're going to love making things because I think the user interface is interesting and you can add sticky notes and markers and all sorts of bits and pieces and add notes and kind of post-it notes and stuff all over the pattern and it's specific to you. So I think it's going to tick a lot of boxes for a lot of people. So that is called the Making Things app. Um, and in the show notes, I've linked to their website and also their Instagram handle. Um, and I will report back when I know more. But I, like I say, I'm really excited about the prospect of this. I like to be able to get my patterns out to as many places as possible. They're obviously still all going to be loaded up onto Ravelry. But this is this is an interesting take on it. It feels very fresh, it feels very modern, and it feels very user-friendly. Um, so yeah, go and have a look and see what you think. 
What else do we have? Rosina has a cal coming up. It starts on the 7th of October, which is the Sunday after this podcast has gone live. And it's going to run until the 17th of November. And it's a corner to corner cal. So it can be a blanket, a cowl, a shawl, whatever. It just needs to be corner to corner. She's pulled together a really comprehensive blog on it. And I've linked to that in the show notes. So if you've never done corner to corner before or you're an avid fan and you want to take part in that, crochet along. Like I say, that starts on the 17th of October and runs, sorry, the 7th of October and runs until the 17th. And that that's going to be a massive cal. So go and have a look at that. Um, I think she's popped in the blog post, hashtags, everything's ready to go for it. So uh, yeah, go and take a look at that. And then last bit for me on quick news beats, I think, yeah, is I'm heading up to Glasgow in November. I'm going to be up there on the 24th of November and I was thinking about popping into um, one of my um, favourite yarn shops, which is Queen of Pearls. Now, she moved, so she's got a new place, which is in a set of studios on Argyle Street. So I was thinking I'm going to try and get to Queen of Pearls for about 3.30 on the Saturday afternoon. So if any of you are in and around Glasgow and you fancy having a little um, meet-up, meeting in the Queen of Pearls and then maybe going for a coffee and a little crochet session afterwards, drop me a line. Other than that, I will be in the Queen of Pearls at 3.30 on um, Saturday the 24th of November. Come and join me. Come and say hello. Come and squish some yarn. Um, the lady that runs Queen of Pearls does a lot of her own hand dyed and it looks beautiful. And she's got quite a focus on British yarns as well. It's a really lovely shop. I went to it in its old location maybe two years ago. So it'll be nice to see how the shop has developed and how she's getting on and what's what's new. So yeah, if you're interested, I'd love to meet you up at the Queen of Pearls. So, that leaves me with just Big Up and J'adore. And in uh, Big Up, I wanted to point you towards a podcast. It is called A Spring Snowflake Podcast, and it is being put out by my friend Sophie. If you need just a little pick-me-up, a little ray of sunshine, somebody that has nothing but positivity, and you need to be just given positivity... Go and have a look at Sophie's podcast. She's a massive crocheter. She crochets um far more than she knits. She has a ridiculous amount of works in progress. And she's just one of life's really positive, upbeat people. Um, She's on YouTube and she's got quite a few episodes. She's also got a vlog that she's sorting out now from Yarndale. Because unlike me, uh, she managed to take loads of photos and video footage. Uh, so if you want to know what happened at Yarndale go and look at Sophie's podcast because she's actually documented it. I think I took two photos. I had every intention of going round on the Sunday and uh, taking loads of photos, taking loads of videos. And what actually happened was I didn't sleep for two nights. Um, Claudia brought tequila and the whole of my Sunday was really jaded and tired and I was just like, I'm so tired, I'm so, so tired. I could barely keep my eyes open on the Sunday. Even driving everybody home on Sunday night, we had to stop for coffee and Krispy Kreme donuts on the motorway just so I could drive all the way home. 
nobody was complaining about that, by the way. Um, so yeah, go and check out Sophie a Spring Snowflake on, um, on YouTube. Big up to the Yarndale organisers as well, because actually Yarndale as a yarn event is very crochet positive. And I don't find this with all events, but actually Yarndale really go out, all out, to be very relatable to crocheters. The yarn bombing that they do is every bit as much crochet as it is knitted. They um, have, you know, there's not reference upon reference upon reference to knitting and knitters this and knitters do this and knitting, knitting, knitting. They make it more... Um, kind of multi-craftual which can only be a good thing and I think that's really nice and welcoming and friendly and frankly I wish that more event organisers and yarn shops would take a leaf out of their book and be more open to other crafters rather than thinking it's only knitters that go and do yarn events and go into yarn shops Um. yeah I'll stop now before I start on a major rant about the lack of crochet content and love for crochet. I'll just, I'll just button it. Um. So and then, my final big up, and this is going to sound random to some of you, but it came to my attention at Arndale that not everybody has a zombie apocalypse plan. Out of a very unscientific poll, um, three out of eight people that I asked didn't have a zombie apocalypse plan and the five of us that did couldn't believe that three of them didn't have a zombie apocalypse plan so I'm intrigued how many of you have planned for your future just in case the zombies hit and this has got nothing to do with Walking Dead because I've never watched it, I'm not fussed about it as a programme at all but for some reason it's a topic of conversation that lots of um partnerships have Matthew and I have had a plan for quite some time we've got next door to my office my studio is our garage and we have got enough food in there to survive for a good couple of months Matthew has talked about having zip wires down from our bedroom to the garage and um, but the reality is we've got gates all the way around our property and zombies don't seem to be able to open gates so we are good to go anyway Um, I have provided a silly link in the show notes for hints on on working out what your zombie apocalypse plan could be. But if you haven't got one, my unscientific uh, knowledge tells me that you're in the minority and you need to sort it out. The people that didn't have one just could not believe. Charlie was one of them. She was like, I don't understand what you're talking about. I don't understand why this is a thing. I do not get it. What are you talking about? And then the rest of us were like, no, this is a thing. You need to be aware. You need to have planned. You need to be ready for it. I think we possibly scared her a little bit. Um, right. On to Jador. Um, couple of little things for you. I have been listening to quite a lot of folk music of late and Spotify gives me new music to listen to. And it brought up a song which is beautiful. It's just absolutely gorgeous. It's called Dark Honey and it's by one of my favourite um, folk artists, Martin Simpson, um, alongside Andy Cutting, who's an amazing musician, and singer Nancy Kerr, who I'd never heard before. Her voice is kind of, it's a little bit, uh, I want to say Janis Joplin. 
but I might be meaning Joni Mitchell. I think I do mean Joni Mitchell. Um, and it's quite haunting and beautiful. So if you like, um, if you like a bit of folk music, have a listen to Dark Honey by those three musicians. It's it's beautiful. And my final Jodora is Claudia. You know when you know somebody online and then you're meeting for the first time in real life and you have all of these hopes and aspirations that they're going to be exactly the kind of person that you think they are, where they're just, their online personality is the same as their actual personality and they are just good fun, no boundaries, just good fun people. That is Claudia. I had such a ball with her. We just had a blast. And I think, um, well, I know... It's just as well that we don't live on the same continent because I, do, I just don't think the UK could handle Claudia and I in one one country. I think it would just be too much. I think the naughtiness that would ensue would just be too much for everybody. Um, we just, yeah, we had a great time together and I loved it. And I would love to just go over to San Diego and see what happens over in her corner of the world. Um, yeah. I I had a really good time. It was lovely to meet somebody that, um, that I've got so much in common with. It was it was really nice. So that is it. We are done. Um, yeah, it's been quite a full on month, and there is no let up. If you're going to be in London on the second and third of November, I'm going to be vending at Yarnporium in Westminster come along and say hello it's going to be a very busy one and it looks it's the first time I've done that show it's only its second year um so my life is all prep 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 for um your emporium with a bit of salt crochet in there as well so yeah if you're coming along please do come and say hello I don't yet know where my stand is but it's not a massive event so the chances are you'll be able to come and find me um yeah Right, I'm done. Have a lovely October. Happy sock crocheting, first and foremost. Um, get your stuff up into Instagram, get into the FO thread, go and have a look at the chatter thread and let us all know how you're getting on. Um, yeah, there's as much support as you could hope for for this crochet along. So uh, I look forward to seeing all of your socks. Uh, in the next podcast and being able to show them off right I'm off see you soon bye bye Yum. I started work at 6.30. I wanted to start recording at 8.30 and I think it's now 1 o'clock. That didn't go to plan. Right. I've got itchy eyes. What does that mean?
cat's got bad eyes at the moment. I'm hoping a little sod hasn't infected me. Are we ready? That you crochet and potentially get better products out of the. Na, na, na.